Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. When I read about a horrific dog pack attack in, in England... This past week, because I read the Times of London and The Guardian, I thought there's only one person I can have a conversation with this about, and it's Carol Borden, because Carol's my co-host on Good Dogs, our dog training show. But more importantly, she teaches dog handling. She has spent her entire life raising, breeding, training her extraordinary guardian angels, medical service dogs. And if anybody understands the good in dogs and also what can go wrong, it's Carol. So, Carol, thanks for taking time out from your crazy busy schedule, building your new, your very own new vet hospital. And this must seem as far to you as something that could happen on the moon based on the dogs that you breed and raise and train. Let, let's just talk about the little bit that we know from the press, which has been, well, the, the British press tends towards tabloidism and not necessarily the finest of journalism, but apparently the woman who died was 28, and she was what was called a professional dog walker, and she had brought a number of dogs for a walk on leash in an area frequented by horseback riders as well as people with dogs on and perhaps off leash. So from the little that we know, what was your first reaction to the fact that this woman was bitten to death in her neck, including her jugular vein, and died right then and there? Well, thank you, Tracy. Um, it's a horrific event for sure. Uh, not unheard of, even in our own country, of um, such horrible events periodically. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked that are not defined um, in news articles. You're not going to ever know everything. But I think for the American public, what's important is let's discuss some of the details of what could have happened and what could provoke such an event uh, in our own daily life, right, yes. in, in the United States. So first of all, she had multiple dogs. Um, they were all tethered on a leash. Um, my first questions were, 
how long had these been, dogs known each other? How long had they been walking together? Um, was she uh, intimately familiar with body language to know that there might have been a little bit of alpha intent going on within that group? Was there something else that actually set them off? I've heard multiple different variations of what may have happened or did happen. So we don't really know the facts. But let's just say whether it was another dog being walked by someone else, a loose dog that came up and started a commotion, or the commotion uh, began between the dogs she was walking herself. Because I read that anywhere from four to eight dogs that she may have been walking. That's right. And of various sizes and breeds. And at the end of the day, despite the breed or the size of dogs, people need to understand that dogs are predators. Um, They are prey-driven. There are social orders among them. Uh, If they were wild dogs or wild dog packs or wolf packs, there are social orders. Yes. And even though we've taken an awful lot out of them um, when it comes to dragging them through um, generations of domestication, there are still some of these base instincts there. So whatever set them off, put them into a frenzy. It's not a question of two dogs didn't like each other, got into a fight, and the others stood back and watched. It doesn't work that way. Um, What happens is they all get into what we call a pack mentality, and they all go after the weakest component. And it doesn't even matter if that had been the leader of the pack, which in this case we'd like to think that the human had been. Right. And the fact that there were all these leashes... Um, I think it's extremely probable based on the sketchy facts that we've, or, or you know, I am details that we've been able to get, she probably tripped and fell down. Yes. Uh, very possible. Even if she was reaching over trying to break up some sort of a, um, you know, whatever started the fight, she most likely lost her balance and went down. Um, that is a very common occurrence. They're going to hit you from behind the knees, not on purpose, but yes. just during that frenzy. You know, any number of things, the leashes, getting hit behind the knees, leaning over, getting knocked down, any number of things could have put her on the ground, now making her extremely vulnerable. And even though the human is supposed to be the highest predator, um, she no longer was in their eyes. And even if they had been the nicest dogs in the world previous to that, they were now in a totally different part of their brain. And they were definitely in a frenzy. Sadly, unfortunately, it sounds like one of the dogs caught her in the juggler vein. Mm -hmm. It may not have killed her otherwise. Correct. I I think most people know if your juggler vein gets severed, you bleed out very rapidly. Yes. And so there was probably no hope um, of anybody getting to her quickly enough, getting past this pack of dogs that were in a frenzy, and um, therefore... Um, the very unfortunate demise of this person. You 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 put so, that really well. We're talking chemical reactions in the brains of dogs. Now, it may be that humans have pack mentality too. We're supposedly somewhat uh, more domesticated than four-legged animals, but a pack of humans can also get into pack mentality and be filled true. with. Uh, the chemicals that that fuel violence, rage, 
adrenaline, cortisol. So with animals, we'll just say dogs, that when that is triggered, you know, we've often talked in our training show about keeping a dog's attention and that when a dog is triggered in fear or uh, attack mode, prey drive, particularly running at something, they don't hear you anymore. Their ears are, if you will, shut down. They are no longer perceiving you as their leader, as their master, as the person they should pay attention to. They're just going on raw emotion, raw instinct. So if you have a number of dogs, if anyone's ever seen just even two dogs in a dog fight, it is so frightening. They are blind and deaf to everything else around them. They are just, and it doesn't matter what their breed or size, they are just going for, you know, for survive, survival, you know, kill or be killed. And then if you have multiple dogs, it's unclear what triggers it, but all of them get that, that button gets pushed. So they're all in that frenzied mode. There were some things that were written, Carol, that were confusing, but of course the woman was in a state of complete terror and panic and apparently screaming and no dogs were barking, but two people were coming on their horses. In England, people ride horses quite frequently, whether it's parks in the middle of cities or in the countryside, uh, pet horses that they ride for pleasure or exercise, and two of them came upon the woman being attacked, whether it was four dogs or six or eight, there seems to be confusion. And she yelled at them, go back, go away, go back. They were going to try to intercede. It's a strange reaction she had, but one of the horses definitely got spooked and reared and dumped his rider and ran away. Mm. But it's strange yeah. that that was her reaction. Who knows what she was thinking, or maybe she wasn't even thinking clearly. She wasn't saying yeah, help, help. Possible. She was saying go away, go away. I don't know what right. she thought would happen. Maybe she was trying to protect the horses from having the dogs turn on them. The thing that was peculiar and, and worth sort of noting is we all think, oh, it's a breed thing. You know, there's supposedly these breeds of dogs that are more dangerous than others. And I would say Belgian Malinois would certainly be high on the list of dogs which will attack people. But this was two dachshunds. Now, come on, two dachshunds, like picture, hot dog dogs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right. Cocker Spaniel, now that's, again, probably not much of a prey-driven dog, and a Leonberger. And what was interesting about it, I've met two Leonbergers. They're very rare dogs still in America. They're the biggest dog, I think, the, the single biggest dog. I mean, uh, the Irish or Scottish deer and wolfhounds may be taller, but the Leonberger mm -hmm. is a heavy-coated dog, about up to 150 pounds for the male, heavy-coated. And, and they always say gentle giant, the sweetest, gentlest, most patient, laid-back, chill dog. So the fact that there was a large dog involved may have had nothing to do with this, Right. Correct. We, we can't Correct. we can't look at the breed of dogs and say, "Oh, that explains it." By the way, there were no pit no. bulls, there were no Rottweilers, no. there were no Doberman pinchers, or Belgian Malinois, right. right? But what you did have, you had dogs that are predators um, that they don't see in size, so size didn't matter. It was all about a certain mentality taking place at the time, and I 
think most likely um, my speculation is that she told the horseback riders to move away because she was afraid the dogs would take that frenzy and go after the horses, yeah. which, of course, would put the riders and horses in terrible peril because it would have happened exactly like what they saw, the horse that reared up and yes. dumped his rider. It would have also resulted in horses kicking dogs, and it would have been an even worse mess could have been. But you're right, the breed of dog doesn't matter. Just the fact that the way a dog's mind works and that they are pack animals and that they were put into a frenzy, whatever triggered that, and there's multiple things that could have triggered it. Um, this, unfortunately, is the end result. And one more factor that may have played into it is um, when people try to break up a dog fight, they usually approach it very wrong. Yep. And, and put themselves in even more peril, uh, which could have been the case with this particular person. And, and can stir up even more trouble. I guess if we want to have a takeaway other than the, the terrible, sad loss of her life, and wouldn't that have been incredibly brave of her if as she was under attack in peril for her life, she was sending a message to two other humans go back, go back, you know, save yourselves Absolutely. kind of thing. I mean, that would be really noble. I, I guess yes. the answer is if, if you see somebody, whether it's New York City or on a walking path elsewhere, I say New York City because in New York there are many dog walkers with many dogs. All of their leashes often wound around each other, so they're on a very tight, tight leash because the leashes are wound together, eight or ten dogs. I think it's way too many dogs. I think that's a lousy way for your dog to get any kind of exercise. I just think it's it's unkind. It's, it doesn't do anything good for the dog. It walks around, it pees and poos, and somehow has to do that while attached, tightly attached to many other dogs. But if you're walking your dog, apparently there was another person walking a small dog whose dog was attacked by somebody in this group. And that seems mm. to have been the trigger. There was a bite that happened. Okay. If you see that big okay. group of dogs, I'd say cross the street. Don't presume <laughs> yeah. that that person knows those dogs well, has them under control, that they're all a happy-go-lucky bunch of golden retrievers. Because I had two golden retrievers when I lived in East Hampton who knew my dog, Billy Blue, really well. Neutered male. They were neutered males. We all walked on the hiking paths in the Northwest Woods without leashes had passed and crossed each other many of times. Billy was a, a, a an uptight guy. He often stood rigidly and worried about everything. He didn't attack, but he certainly had body language that looked threatening. They had met him before, and the two of them set upon him. They went to kill him just from one day to the next. That's what they did. And luckily, the mm -hmm. owner knew to grab one of them by the tail, and she hauled her golden retriever off by the tail. You have to be really aware that you and your dog are prey, even if your dog yes. is a predator. I mean, isn't that something worth pointing out? You have so many people placed with medical service dogs. I worry for them. I worry for the people whose medical service dog is out and about with them. Other dogs could cause harm and great grave danger to the brave and valiant medical service dog, right? Yeah, we, we actually have someone who just got out of the hospital because their service dog 
was attacked and oh my he, God. you know, just responded on instinct, stuck, stuck his hands in the middle to get wow. the um, marauding dog off of his service dog and he got his hands mangled. Wow. And so it's a very, very intense um, situation. Uh, very, very scary. Um, it, it is just a horrible, horrible event to experience. Experience. Yes. And to break up a dogfight actually takes a great deal of expertise because a lot of the things that people automatically try to do are the wrong things and it actually can escalate the behavior. Definitely. That's, that's very well put. You go to grab for a dog's collar. Not only could you get bitten by one of the other dogs if they're multiple, but the dog whose collar you've grabbed doesn't know it's you, doesn't know you're not another exactly. member of this mess, and turns and attacks you. You could even be their owner. Exactly. It's just there's exactly. no thinking going on. There's no differentiation. The, the hormones and the chemicals in the brain have turned them into wild beasts, back into wild beasts. Well, and if they take a moment to, to uh, separate themselves from what's happening to see who's grabbing them, uh, they could become the biggest victim. Exactly. And so they so, can't. They can't take <laughs> a breath. Right. They've, they're fighting for that's their right. – they're, they're protecting their own survival. So that's right. it's a sad story. It's a, it's a difficult story to think about. But don't think that any of us couldn't be potentially in a situation like that. You have to think defensively. If you see somebody with a lot of dogs, go away. Do what that woman said as she lay on the ground being bitten to death. Go away. How horrible. Change your direction. Change the side of the street. Don't presume that because they look like a friendly bunch of dogs that wealthy people who spend a lot of money having them walked have theoretically raised nicely and trained nicely, don't presume that there isn't danger lurking in a whole pack of dogs because it's there. It's incipient. Carol Borden, you do great work with your dogs and for dogs everywhere. Thank you for spending time to help us think about this and keep this poor lady and her family in our hearts. And all those eight dogs, by the way, how they turned out to eight, I don't know. They were all kept in police custody and then all released to their owners. So that's how they handle that in the UK. I have no idea how they would know who bit whom or how or why, but all those dogs are back in their homes and we hope they will never be walked as a pack again. Thank you again, Carol. Absolutely. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.